Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Your host, Paul, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and the brand new book, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, now available on Audible. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to today's program. We're going to switch things up and uh, do things a little different today. Mr. Producer going to be quarterbacking the show, and uh, I'm actually going to be a guest. He's going to be interviewing me as uh, we kind of look at the year in review and how this past year went. I think they do a great job of this in professional sports, especially NFL football. Uh, They'll play the game on Sunday, and then they'll look at the film. They'll look at the tape and analyze uh, what they could have done better and, and try to study their performance so that they can become better. And I think that's important that we do that with our businesses, with our lives. Warren Buffett said that there's more information in the rear view mirror, more data in the rear view mirror than there is in the windshield. And if you think about that, we often look to the future and set our goals and all of that is uh, very wise and important. But Equally, it's important that we look in the rearview mirror, not in a toxic way where you're stuck in the past from all oh, this happened seven years ago and you're bitter and all. No, I'm not talking about that. Uh, but there's a healthy way to look at the past, to analyze our reports, to, to study the data and see what story it's telling so that we can make adjustments uh, where there are weaknesses that we can really um, make improvements and then where there are strengths that we recognize where we've been winning, but not get complacent. And so anyway, uh, we're going to have some fun today with Mr. Producer quarterbacking today's program. Now our show today is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is the software that I use to organize and manage my businesses from Quoting a project to getting paid, Jobber software brings everything together to make projects easy to manage and customer experiences seamless, giving you more time back in your day. That's what it's all about, guys, is having that time. And Jobber can help you get paid faster. No more checks in the mail. If you're looking to stay organized and scale your business, head over to getjobber.com forward slash Paul or Mr. Producer will put the link in today's show notes so you can test out Jobber for free for 14 days. Save 20% off your first six months as well if you decide to subscribe. Again, that's getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Well, as we look into the rearview mirror uh, of this year, it has been pretty remarkable. Guys, we've uh, come out with two books, Cut That Grass, and make that cash, which is really the storyline of how I started a lawn care business in 2011 in a, a 1997 Honda Accord, and eventually grew it into having customers such as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, the captain of Atlanta Falcons, some prominent businessmen, and just very high-end homes, nice properties. And um, that that book, Cut That Grass, Make That Cash, is that entire story and what I learned through the multiple mistakes that I made in building my business. And then we came out with the second book in the tail end of the summer called Best Business Practices for Landscapers. And that book was a summary of the trends that I noticed as I, you know, done over 600 podcast episodes, I'm interviewing guys and I'm hearing the same stories of what they've learned, 
uh, about taxes and, and what they've learned about work-life balance. And, and there are so many similar habits and traits of guys that are winning. You know, I'm talking Andy Molders and, and Caleb Almond and Brian Fullertons and Troy Cloggs and, and these guys who have built successful businesses when there's a similar trend going on, then that trend is our friend. And uh, so I wrote a book about it and um, how we can uh, take away um, from what others are doing. Well, and then re- recently we came out with a journal. Uh, it's called The Diligence Shall Prosper. And so it's been quite a year, you know, releasing three books in 2021. We already have plans for a fresh new book to drop uh, towards the beginning of 2-2. And so that's been a big um, time of celebration for us around here at the Green Industry Podcast because uh, I don't know if there's ever something that you've wanted to do in life and you're like, oh, I really want to do whatever it is. And for a while, I wanted to write a book because I had all these stories and I'm like, some of these stories are just, I mean, they're comical, they're funny. And, um, the, the, you know, they're, they're, um, they're just so meaningful to my life. And I was like, I want to, I want to document, I want to write them all down. I want to, I want to write a book. And so we kind of decided to do a trilogy where I would sprinkle them out across three books. And so two of those books came out last year. And then the next one, the, the kind of completion of the trilogy will come out uh, coming up here in a few weeks. So we're going to do on today's program, uh, Mr. Producer interviewed me uh, talking about cut that grass, make that cash. So here is the interview. Because I finally persuaded Mr. Producer to snug up next to me in the studio. It's funny that you should say that because as I was listening to the previous episodes, I need to clarify, there's no snugging up (laughs) in this studio. It's a lot larger than people think. And so I do take great offense at snugging up. And I also want to clarify that there's a little rule that you and I have here at the Jameson Media Complex, and that is that if there's two people in the, the office area at the same time, you have to be wearing pants. And so here in the, here in the age of COVID, if it's just me, if you've gone for the day, you know, I may, I may be, you know, working without pants. It's, you know, everybody's working without pants, but I do want to confirm both of us are wearing pants for this episode. Yeah. And there was a time when I was doing the overnight shift and the, uh, the alarm went off. And so the sheriff came over to check on me because he listened to my radio program and he's like, he he showed up to make sure everything was okay. And I was in my pajamas because I, I went in at midnight. I went in at 6 a.m. The manager didn't show up till 9 a.m. I was like, they'll never know what I wear to work, being the radio DJ overnight. And then the sheriff shows up. He's like, you always wear your pajamas to work. And I was like. Paul, you do know we had closed circuit cameras uh, all over the radio station. Well, I, I didn't. I knew that, but I was like, who who's really going to watch? Well, at the Christmas party, uh, <laughs> some of those episodes have now, oh. now that you're no longer there. So for people who don't realize it, Paul and I, we've known each other for four or five years uh, now. We worked at the same radio station together. Paul would relieve me after my morning show. He would come in and we would just sort of cut up and developed a great friendship so that when you wind up wound up leaving the radio station, uh, then we were able to keep working together in the in the world of podcasting. And speaking of that, I think we need to redo the show intro. Yes. Because, ladies and gentlemen, 
It's time for the Green Industry Podcast with New York Times best-selling author, Paul Jamison, author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash. I just want to congratulate you. I see the, the numbers just keep rising. I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday who was like, I can't believe you're a number one best-selling author. And I said, well, it really speaks of the community because everyone's been sharing it. You know, you're one of my favorite football players, Nick Chubb for the Cleveland Browns. Mine too, yes. Yeah. Whenever they interview him after the game, he'll have, a, you know, two touchdowns, 138 yards. And they're like, great game, Nick. And he's very soft-spoken. He's like, I got to give all the credit to the offensive line. He's like, the holes are wide open. And he's like, they made a job easy. And so I have to give all the credit to everybody who's out there, the Cameron Duncans, the, the um, Lamont Hairstons, the Brian Fullertons. I could go ahead and name 50 people right now, the John Pajaks, who share on Instagram, hey, I just supported Paul and Guy's book, and, I, and they're sharing it on Instagram. That's the reason it's the number one bestseller. Uh, let's be honest. You need to thank your mother. I'm guessing she probably bought about 500 copies I, in bulk. I, I hope so. And my librarian that sent me to in-school <laughs> suspension, he put a Facebook post because literally I was in the library and I was a I was a class clown. And he's like, you're a number one best-selling author. And he bought the book. And he's like, I remember when I sent you to in-school suspension, it was called AEP. And uh, so things have turned around since school. <laughs> I was actually voted in my high school most likely to be a topic on on the Jerry Springer show. So, <laughs> so it's good that uh, you have risen above the expectations, uh, the the low expectations that uh, obviously people had when you were in high school. Yeah, but just to take a play from uh, Nick Chubb, it, it's a huge thanks to the offense alignment, to the, to the community for sharing it because there's no way it would be a number one best-selling author, you know, if just... Uh, my, my mom and neighbor bought it. It's, it's the community sharing it, and that built the momentum, and that's how it happened. And as somebody who's interviewed many authors in my radio background, uh, one of the secrets uh, is we need to make sure that the name of the book is mentioned at least seven times in the interview. So cut that grass and make that cash available where finer books are sold. Yeah, and I don't know if you know this, Mr. Producer, but today it got on uh, Barnes & Noble and Walmart, and it's going to be on other major stores like that. So Amazon's where I've been telling people to go, but it's also available at other major bookstores. True story. I had actually suggested to Paul that it uh, be titled Sell That Grass and Make That Cash. <laughs> but, but then the more the more we thought about that, it, that's not Paul's character. That's not who I am. And chances are somebody's already figured out that business model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cut that grass, make that cash. And uh, this is a, a great guide for anybody that's wanting to get into the lawn care business and for maybe somebody that's just come across um, this podcast because they're thinking about getting into this line of lawn care work uh, heading into the 2021 season. Is it really possible to make significant money cutting grass? Can you really make that cash? Absolutely. And the thing about the grass and, and the biology of it here in Georgia, in April, it's going to start growing. It doesn't matter what's going on in Washington, D.C. It doesn't matter what's going on with the internet. It doesn't matter anything socially, politically. The biology of a, a blade of grass, that turf, when it gets the sunlight in the spring and some water, it's going to grow. And there's enough people out there that are going to want it cut, whether it's a business that wants it looking pristine or folks, you know, wealthier clientele, they're going to want their property manicured no matter what's going on. So it's really one of the most recession proof businesses to get into. However, as the economy starts, you know, shaking around a little bit, there's going to be an influx of a lot of people starting a lawn care business. So the competition is going to rise 
eyes. And that's why I wrote one of the reasons why I wrote this book. It's going to help you be a cut above the competition because you're going to learn the right way to build the business because there's been a lot of folks that have started lawn care businesses. I've watched a lot of people in the neighborhood I work in show up and they start working and they're doing everything unprofessionally. And then a year or two later, they're gone. You can't sustain a business if you don't have a firm foundation. So in the book, I really shared what I learned the hard way and how you can really build that foundation so you can have lasting success, not just a spring or summer cutting that grass and making that catch, but actually build a career out of it. As somebody who has actually read the book three or four times, which I have as a part of multiple rewrites and, and by, and by the way, you're, you're, you're a very good writer. I just out of the gate, I was, um, you beat expectations. You know, when I offered to help proofread the book. I was thinking, okay, maybe, that, <laughs> maybe, maybe he thinks I'm going to be the editor, just like I'm a podcast editor. And I can sometimes, you know, make things, you know, enhance them, improve them. You know, am I going to wind up rewriting? And the truth is I did not have to do that at all. You're, you, you're a very good storyteller. And I appreciated the fact that this wasn't a cut and dry book. So I want to clearly uh, let anybody who's even thinking about purchasing the book know you're, you're going to find it entertaining. It's, it's got your personal personality. It's got your fingerprints, your DNA all over it. Anybody that has listened to the podcast knows you're a fun loving guy, full of stories, lots of laughter. And so uh, if somebody's thinking, is this going to tell me how to sharpen my, my mower blade or, you know, what's the best pull cord to replace a, you know, a pull cord with on a mower? No, it's not, it's none of that dry stuff. You're going to get meaty material, but it's packaged with just your experiences over the last decade. Yeah, absolutely. I have have so many stories when you do this and you guys know for those who've been doing it for a few years just in a week you have some stories just there's so many interesting customers and situations that we get into and so I tried my best to provide humor to the stories but also put some value in each story of what lesson I learned from that job that I just did where I lost money I mean I, I remember a job we did it was a $15,000 job I, I started cutting grass and then you'll quickly learn when you're out there they're going to ask you, Hey, you know, can you clean gutters? Can you move my refrigerator? They'll ask you anything to do around the house. They just assume cause you're the yard guy that you know how to do mulch, you know how to do pine straw, you know how to do anything and everything. What's and so, the craziest thing that someone has ever, as somebody asked you to go up in their attic and get their Christmas decorations down or take their daughter out to the prom. I mean, what in all of your years, what, what would you say is just either the craziest thing that, that you personally have been asked or one of your buddies since you interview so many people what's what's something that just comes to mind do you come home ready to relax after a hard day's work and find that your bookkeeping demands your time truth be told you can't give it your full energy or focus it just sits there most nights untouched continually haunting you it's costing you good decision making and your peace of mind gulf coast bookkeeping provides a bookkeeping solution to landscapers that is guaranteed to give you back your time and your peace of mind you can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute call don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all it won't be long before you're saying no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. Let us take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. You can count on Jobber to keep your business organized. Manage your business and back and forth with customers from one place. Estimate, quote, schedule, 
invoice, get paid, no software experience required. Friends, you can save 20% off your first six months at getjobber.com forward slash Paul or click on the link in today's show notes to try out the business management software that I've been using for years, Jobber. The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to get the skills and training you and your crew need to excel as a professional hardscaper. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. You'll have access to online video training courses, in-person apprenticeships, comprehensive guides, and customizable business forms. Plus, there are two free courses which cover everything slab. If you're serious about mastering your skills, abilities, efficiency, and bottom line, the hardscapeacademy.com is for you, and that link is in today's show notes. In all of your years, what, what would you say is just either the craziest thing that, that you personally have been asked or one of your buddies since you interview so many people? What's, what's something that just comes to mind? Man, there's there's a lot of stories, and uh, I think you know people wanting me to do things, you know, moving uh, things. There's one guy, and uh, he was always kind of a mystery to me, and he lived across the street. And, uh, he was always cheap. Cause he'd always like, we'd be out there be like, Hey, hey, hey can you, can you come, uh, can you come edge my thing? He, he would mow his own yard. He had a John Deere, but he would never edge and he would never blow. So he'd mow and he'd leave the clippings in the street and then he'd have no edge along the sidewalk. And this is in a country club. Mm. Okay. It's a million dollar home. It lives across, you know, lives near, uh, the, um, coaches for the Atlanta Falcons, big, big money houses. Right. And I was like, why is it, this guy's yard looks so raggedy? You know what I mean? So he would always say, Hey, $5, $5, you don't give me $5 and, and, uh, and uh, to edge his thing. You know what I mean? And then we do it. And then he wanted to give us five bucks. He would, he'd be like, Oh no, no, my money. And I no cash, no cash, you know? And, and so uh, it was just such an eyesore. My customer would get mad. They're like, you know, they, they spend so much thousands and thousands of dollars to make their property look perfect. And this guy doesn't even edge. And he gets, uh, things from his HOA. So here's what happens. I'm over in at the other neighbor. I, I, I like route density. So I do, you know, both the neighbors, not the, not the crazy guy, but the, on the other side of the street. So I'm sitting there working. He's like, Hey, Hey, $20. You help me move $20. You know, you help me move. <laughs> and this guy just won't wear me out. And he, he rented something from the home Depot, like a vacuum type thing. It was too heavy to get out of his car. And he's just working me. He's like, please, please. I need to use vacuum $20. So finally I was like, I got to get rid of this guy, you know, to, to stop bothering me all day. So I'll just, I'll just go do this thinking I'll probably never see the 20 bucks. Cause I just know, know this guy. So I, I go over there and I help him move the vacuum from his car into his house. And he has no furniture. There's, wow. there's no, nothing in the, family room. There's nothing in any of the rooms. So I, I just assumed he moved and all, all the stuff's out. You know what I mean? Or the wife moved and took everything. <laughs> yeah. So I said, where's your furniture? And he's kind of looking at me and, and he didn't have any because he was, he, he was trying to keep up the Joneses. He couldn't mm-hmm. even afford furniture and he was living in this million dollar neighborhood. And so that was shocking to me. Cause you look, I mean, if you, I, I'm not, I know in my mind how big these houses are. I, I don't know if you guys understand. It's the nicest neighborhood in Atlanta. You know what I mean? And this guy lit, had the money to pay his mortgage and that was it. And so it was mm. eye-opening to me that in every neighborhood, there's guys that have money and then there's guys that look like they have money. So it was, it was an experience. 
And in the future, credit card on file. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, credit that, card on file. That's the takeaway of vetting your customers. And that's why, you know, he wouldn't even give me five bucks. He, he didn't have the money. You know what I mean? So you just, just because you're in a nice neighborhood, you, you still got to be uh, Caleb Armand sharp mm-hmm. on vetting your customers. So, Well, certainly I know in the book you talk about, uh, you know, payment methods that, uh, uh, you know, check's not really in the mail. <laughs> You know, it may not even be uh, under the mat or in the in the grill. So you've you've got some practices, best practices that will help the newbie avoid some of those mistakes. What are a couple of other just sort of teaser takeaways of why somebody who's thinking about getting into the business, you know, should get the book? Uh, what are a couple of other areas that maybe they've probably not even thought about? You know, they're just excited because I don't, I'm no longer a slave to the man. I'm no longer a slave to nine to five. I get to be out in, you know, underneath God's sunshine, enjoying fresh air, but not realizing that, yeah, it's, it's still a business. This is more about our culture in Instagram, right? We get on to Instagram and for example, that guy that's got the million dollar house, if he took a picture of his house, he'd be like, wow, you know, like, look at that. It's, it's, it's on top of a hill. It looks awesome. But there's real, the reality is he doesn't even have any furniture sleeping on the floor. And so in the lawn care business, it's the same trap. You can get on Instagram and you can look at this guy that's got an $80,000 truck and he's got a trailer with, you know, the newest equipment the highest commercial grade. Next thing you know, you're like, you feel uh, inadequate because you don't have all of that equipment. And so part of why I wrote the book is I didn't start with all that stuff. I started in the trunk of a 19... As we well know, with a <laughs> raggedy 1987 <laughs> Honda Accord. It was a 97. <laughs> 97, okay. But... I wanted to show folks that this blueprint works where you work hard, you save up some of the money you make, and then you upgrade to a better vehicle. You upgrade to a better uh, mower. You upgrade to a better blower. And you do that gradually over time. And then the next thing you know, you have a legit setup that can help you get the job done efficiently and you have no debt with it. And then you're, you know, turning a profit. And so I think because a lot of guys think they have to have all the shiny stuff year one, that it can really set people back. Cause some guys go out and get all the shiny stuff year one, and then something happens, they get an injury or something. Now they got all these payments and no income coming in. So I wanted to show the path that I've done because there's been a lot of critics over the years that have like, no, you, you have to have, you have to borrow money to build your business. And, you, and that is one business plan, but I actually did it debt free from, from day one. And I built it into the working in the nicest neighborhood in Atlanta and, you know, having the efficiency to get the job done. So in the book, you talk about, uh, and we're talking uh, with Paul Jamison, host of the Green Industry Podcast, and of course, author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash. Yeah, you talk about relational intelligence, but I think there's also uh, economic um, in intelligence or capabilities as well. You know, for some people that really understand finances, they might be able to to properly leverage you know debt into a way to grow their business in, in a in a safe way, right, right. but in a fast way. But let's be honest: if you don't live in that world, you can easily find yourself uh, in debt 
and and unable to to get out of that spiral. You know, probably for most of us, we're probably a lot safer. You know, going that route of of maintaining uh, debt free approach uh, to what we're doing. And certainly, I know that uh, you've been greatly influenced by Dave Ramsey, and even share some of his principles uh, in the book. Yeah, and it's a trap because there's this zero percent interest. Is if you go into the dealer, well, I can get you see monthly payments, no interest, and you're thinking, oh, well, it'd be better just to do the monthly payments, but they jack up the end price. I've literally gone in there and a mower, I'll get a lot of money off the mower just by paying cash. And uh, they'll give you a lower price and you just pay for it all up front and then you own it. Mm -hmm. So, but I wanted to mention on the relational intelligence, because this is something that I think is important. I had somebody from Kansas city reach out to me the other day and he's like, Hey, and he had it. He was, he was super sincere with this question. He said, can you help me get Patrick Mahomes as my customer? <laughs> that was this, I thought he was kind of being sarcastic, but he was, he was being completely serious. Well, you know, Paul, as much as you talk <laughs> about some of these, uh, people's, uh, yards that you've uh, gotten here in the ATL, I, I, it's not that far out of a question. Right. So what well, he was, he was, being serious. And I, I, so I responded, I matched his question. He's like, he's being serious. I'll, I'll give him the actual blueprint. And it works in what I wrote in my book about relational intelligence is to get into that stream of people, their mindset, they're not thinking about price. Their mindset is they want quality and they want it done perfectly. And they don't want you out in the front yard taking a selfie or asking for an autograph. They, they're, they're a professional, right? Patrick Mahomes is a professional quarterback, probably, you know, the most famous quarterback, one of the top five in the NFL right now. He's a professional. So what he's going to attract, what he wants to attract is other professionals. And so I hope I did a good job. I poured my heart into that chapter, helping us realize we need to be professional, not asking for autographs out there, not asking for pictures, carrying ourselves. An like, actual mistake that you had made at one point where you were trying to get some swag, you know, from yeah, somebody. Yeah, well, my first time, I, I was new at all this, being around celebrities and things of that nature. I, I just, I mean, I had met LeBron in high school. and I, I actually had written that question. <laughs> now, we'll come to that later because I understand that you were talking some smack with the king uh, when you were a younger guy. So a little tease there. We'll, we'll come back to that story either today or tomorrow, but uh, but keep going. So I, I, I didn't have too many, too many experiences, certainly not in a professional setting, of being around the you know, famous people. And so I was in someone's home. They were one of the coaches for the Falcons and, you know, really nice home. And it was around Christmas time and they had all these Julio Jones, Matt Ryan's helmets, shirts, hoodies. I countless, they were all over the place. And I was thinking, you know, my cousin likes the Atlanta Falcons and I like Cleveland Browns. So I wasn't too thrilled about the Falcon stuff, but I was like, man, if I got him a Julio Jones autographed shirt for Christmas and there's, you know, there's just three or four of them just sitting right there. What, what's the deal if I have one, you know? So I blurted out and I was like, you think you can get me a Julio Jones <laughs> autographed, you know, Jersey. And the lady kind of looked at me cause I was in her home because she was, this was back before I had prepay. <laughs> so she was cutting my check and she's like, Hey, come on in Paul. And how are you doing? And just very friendly folks. And I asked her that and she kind of looked at me and I could tell now I made her uncomfortable because I went from professional Paul 
to being a leech to asking for something. And mm-hmm. people that, that if you don't want to do Patrick Mahomes yard, ask him for his autograph. As soon as you do that, forget about it. You're, you're, they're going to cast you off as you're not going to be able to be in that inner circle of a professional. What if you offered him the uh, Patrick Price or the, uh, <laughs> or the, or the Rogers rate? You You've think? been watching too much TV, <laughs> Mr. Producer. <laughs> if you guys didn't catch that joke, good for you. <laughs> Diverting away from uh, lawn care for just a moment, because you are such a, a good storyteller, do you have any fun stories of, of interactions uh, with the, the rich and famous that uh, you might be at liberty to, to, yeah, to tell? Yeah, one of the best days of my life. So the defensive coordinator at the time, they would stay in what we know as Buckhead. It's, it's you know, a few miles from downtown Atlanta. The, on a Saturday night, they would stay at the team hotel there in Buckhead and then bus over to the Georgia Dome. This was before Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And so there was the Georgia, or pardon me, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers versus Atlanta Falcons, NFC Championship. And so the coaches at the... The, the team hotel the night before the game is like, Hey, you think you can take my wife and her girlfriends down to the game? I'll, you know, you can drive my Benz and, um, they, uh, you know, need a ride down to the game. And then I need a ride home afterwards. So he's like, you available, you know, well, you got it going on Sunday. That's a lot more interesting than helping get something out of some Joker's car, you know, and, and helping him move it, yeah. you know, into the house so, with no so, furniture. So I'm, you know, I actually, uh, he's like, you have anything going on? Well, I did. I, I worked at the radio station where we met. I had a so, that, so that's when you called and asked if I could cover for you. I remember. <laughs> and so I needed to get, I, so I told him, ah, I got nothing going on. You know I mean? I'll figure it out. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to call off sick and you'll see me down on the sideline of the Falcons game. Uh, so there's no turning back. And uh, I, I, so I pick him up and he's got a brand new Mercedes Benz. I'm used to my truck. You know, I have to turn the key and sometimes it wiggles. And this is one of those cars this is a long time ago. Yeah, push you button. push the button. Well, back then, now they all have push button. Back then, I'm, I, I literally asked, "Where? Where's how do you turn it on? Oh, embarrassing. Oh. So I, I finally figure, <laughs> I finally figure out how to turn this thing on. We drive down to downtown Atlanta and uh, they're like, okay, now when we get there, the uh, the state highway patrol guy is going to pull you over, or, you know, or, or uh, wave you over. So we get down there. There's all the tailgaters. It's packed. I'm in this ben- brand new Benz. We get there, and then the state uh, the state highway patrol guys they all wave me in, and then a dog starts walking around the car, and then we go and we park right next to Julio Jones. He's he's got his white Rolls Royce, and I'm just like he he was at the game, but the cars are there. You know, I was like that's a nice car. Oh yeah, it's Julio. You know, and 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 we're down there. So then I go to the game, and I'm praying because if they lose and I have to drive the coach home after losing the NFC championship. (laughs) I literally, I didn't eat any, and they usually fast and pray for, you know, God to help me live right or whatever. I'm sitting there, God, the Falcons (laughs) better win. I'm not getting in that car. So I literally, Was this the year that they went on to the Super Bowl? Yeah, they blew out. uh, Ricardo Allen, our friend, had an interception and they, they won and uh, went on to the historic Super Bowl. So had Bowl. they brought you back for the Super Bowl game, maybe things might have been different because yeah, you would par- have been par- fasting and praying. Yeah, par- partially. And they already offered me season tickets for the next year. They said that, uh, hey, we got you because uh, I that wasn't the first time I had done that. I, I had taken mm-hmm. them to other games and they kept winning and it was a great experience. So, hey, they said, Paul, they were completely serious. Like next year we got you season tickets and you're our chauffeur. You got it? And I said, yes, sir. And uh, anyway, they ended up losing the Super Bowl and he got fired and it never happened. Happen, but. but there are a lot of Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl champion T-shirts that are available <laughs> uh, in Africa. You see them all over. On yeah, so they so they end up winning. 
And uh, it was just wild. After the game, we're down there in the parking lot doing champagne. Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, was this. if you're not into football, you wouldn't know these names, but Kyle Shanahan was our offensive coordinator. His dad's Kyle. So I'm down there and uh, the coach's wife had a little too much to drink. And so we're standing down there, li- li- literally, okay? Julio Jones, the wide receiver, and, and the coach that I drove down are standing just right over here over my shoulder. And they're talking about how Julio's ankle's doing, okay? And I'm over there with the coach's wife and Mike Shanahan, who's a Hall of Fame. I, don't, I think he's in the Hall of Fame. He's a, he's a big time coach. Denver Broncos. Yeah. Uh, coached the Raiders at one point in time. Yeah. So this lady had a little too much to drink and everyone's happy because, you know, they won the Super Bowl. And she's like, Mike, it's, hey, have you met Paul Jameson? Like, you know Paul Jameson? And I'm sitting there. I cut the glade's grass. Okay. And she's in there making me sound like the, the celebrity. And, and he's, you know, he's looking like it doesn't ring a bell. And he's, you know, he's like, hey, nice to meet you, Mike Shanahan. Like, I don't know who he is. You know what I mean? I'm sitting uh, there like, hey, Paul Jameson, you know? A wide receiver. <laughs> Ohio State, uh, oh. class of uh, 2005. I uh, cut her grass, but I didn't say nothing. So it was it was wild. You know, you got Mike Shanahan to your left. You have Julio Jones to your right. And then, uh, you know, I drove him home. And he's he's we get home, and the, the Falcons played the early game. So he's like, hey, you got any plans? And I had the relational intelligence to say no. <laughs> and he's like, ah, come come sit on the couch and watch the Patriots, uh, Patriots-Texans. He's like, let's see who we're going to play in the Super Bowl. So I sat there and watched the game with the defensive coordinator. And it was, for those of you who like football, it's unbelievable because Brady would get under center and he is like, it'll be handoff to the right. I, this, I, he probably nine out of 10. He'll be like, play action, he'll roll out. I, he, he would just sit there before the play, tell me exactly what Tom Brady would do because he could see the defense and they need to know that Tom Brady read the defense and, and ch- it was a chess match. And I was like, what? I mean, it was unbelievable. You didn't chime in and say it looks like cover two, uh, <laughs> the safety's creeping up. Uh, no, I, I, I just kept asking, all right, what's going on here? And he's like, <laughs> he's like the outside linebacker's faking a blitz, he'll drop back and cover. I mean, just just kept nailing it. And uh, so that was, that was a really cool uh, experience. And again, to reiterate the point that I made in the book, I had to learn the hard way to keep my mouth shut and to be professional with these people. Because if I would have been sitting there like, Oh, Mike Shanahan, can I have your autograph? Then they would have, they wouldn't have taken me around their circle anymore. So I had to match that level of professionalism. Can you think of some other examples? Cause not everybody's going to, to be cutting grass in exclusive uh, neighborhoods. Uh, can you think of another example where that relational intelligence might come into play? So I'm, I'm, I'm a newbie. It's my first year. I'm starting out. What's something that an everyday person's going to encounter? Absolutely. So my, my rule that I've developed just doing this now into the second decade, doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in, you let the customer dictate how far the conversation goes. Cause they're going to talk to you a lot. They're going to come out. And if they say, Hey Paul, how was your weekend? It's Monday morning. They asked me how my weekend was. I say it was good. And then I'll just, re- I'll, I'll match where they went. They took the conversation. My weekend was good. Thank you. How was yours? Now I'm going to ask them. But what I've noticed a lot of guys do is they're out there, you know, with their cutoff shirt and their boxers are hanging out. And then they start, you know, telling the customer, hey, what's up, man? And, you know, trying to be all friendly. And what happens is the customers, they don't like that. And so I only go as far. It doesn't matter what neighborhood is. If they ask me, then I'll take the relation. I'll take the conversation to the whatever level they said. And anything outside of that, I just stay focused on doing excellent quality work. Mm-hmm. And there's really not that much communication that needs place. If you read my book and, and do my blueprint of having the card on file, everything in order, you you know you really could go a year. There's some of my customers I don't see them for three or four months. N- never even see them. We just show up, 
they pay us the first of the month, so nothing to worry about. We're doing a great job. Maybe they'll drive by after four months and put the window down as they're, you know, they're pulling out of the driveway and we're there. Hey, everything looks good, Paul. Keep up the good work. Those are my favorite, you know, but what happens is sometimes guys overstep their boundary and you're not going to eventually be Patrick Mahomes long guy long term. If that's, you know, how, how it goes. No, I got it. Have you ever had to extract yourself from a conversation? And how, what's the strategy for doing that? Maybe you've got a customer that just loves to talk uh, and, and you've got another client you've got to meet with. Uh, how do you like to? Yeah, just I, the, the, the two words that this is super important. If, if you could even write these down or get a tattoo or something, full schedule. Those are my two words, full schedule. Uh, you know, I'll say, hey, Mrs. Jones, I said, we got a super full schedule today. And, I'll, you know, and I just, those are the two words I use to transition out of that because that will happen all the time. They'll just want to carry on. And we have eight more yards to do. And you know the traffic around here, Marty. You, you don't want to be driving around at 530 around Metro Atlanta. So we would always, you know, try to get done as soon as we can in the day simply mm-hmm. because of traffic. Now, some of y'all, I've been out on tour. You don't have traffic, so you're not as tight on time as we are but I have to hustle. And so those are my uh, transition words. Hey, we have a really full schedule today. Got to, you know, go bang out the next one. And you're not going to hurt any feelings because that's that's very understandable. That reminds me, um, I've got... A letter here to uh, what are you Rush Limbaugh over there? <laughs> my formerly nicotine. Well, I don't smoke, but even though I do have a Snoop Dogg smoking jacket, I, I don't smoke. Um, this is my rate increase letter. I'm informing you here officially on the podcast that Mr. Producer's rates are going up. I learned that from you. Had not thought about that. And there's also a talent fee for today. So, so I'm not I'm not offering you know these guest hosting services is free of charge. Yeah, I've, that, got, I've got kids to feed. People love you so much. Like, why don't you have you know Mr. Producer in studio more often? <laughs> I'm like, wait, money. wait till you. Uh, <laughs> my bookkeeper understands why. Someone actually asked my bookkeeper the other day. I'm I'm doing my profit monthly meeting with Megan and Joey Coberly, and they're like, you know, we had one of your listeners call us and, and do a consultation, and they asked us. They're like, is Mr. Producer real? So in the middle of the conversation, just it's not a business-related question. That's what they're they, like. Can they you ask. tell me? And, and she's like, "Well, <laughs> someone's getting paid. Somebody's <laughs> cashing. Somebody's cashing the check." Oh well, if we sell enough books, maybe we could uh, we could get another line item to have you in the studio a little more often. And of course, uh, we are talking. I'm Mr. Producer. I'm Marty. We're talking with Paul Jamison. Cut that grass. Make that cash. Now available, of course, uh, as a digital download at Amazon. Uh, you can get the paperback. I think you said about a three to four day turnaround uh, on the paperback. In tomorrow's episode, we'll talk a little bit about the audio book. So we want to let you guys know the interview. It's not over. It's going to continue. So I hope you will come back uh, tomorrow for part two of this amazing. What I hope is it's just an entertaining interview with Paul Jameson. Yeah. And I'd really, guys, I, I poured my heart and soul into this book and I, you know, it would mean the world to me to have your support and uh, do me a solid and, and pick up a copy today. I think you will definitely find value in it. And uh, I certainly would be uh, grateful and appreciative if you read, cut that grass and make that cash. And certainly Paul, so many of the people that um, are consistent listeners, this is a great way just to sort of thank you for what you've poured 
poured into their life. Uh, what are we now at like 330 episodes? I mean, you know, almost literally one for every day of the year. You've been podcasting for a couple of years, but the aggregate total of, of episodes now, think of just all the camaraderie, the friendship, the encouragement that Paul has given to you guys. This is a chance to show a little love back. Would you grab a? Oh, no, in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold. Would you grab a couple of copies? You know, one for yourself, maybe one to share with a team member or just a young guy who's starting out uh, in the business. It's a great way just to to thank Paul for the hard work that you've poured into to everyone's life. Thank you, Mister Producer. Is that it? Is that how we're ending? <laughs> thank you, Mister Producer. Well, I, you know, I, I, you, roll those commercials, <laughs> and now back to the best well, producer see, I, in the biz. Yeah, well, it's well, easier when you're on the. You're, it's easier when you're in the office because I got. Uh, you I got to kick it over to you, but when I you're gotta, sitting here, I got to take a sip of water and a leak. So this is a good a good point for us to bail. Uh, it's always a good time hanging out with Mister Producer, and he's actually going to be narrating our brand new book that is coming out in the middle of January, maybe even the beginning of January. We'll have that coming, that information coming to you real soon. But uh, he's going to be narrating the audio book on that. So uh, looking forward to that dropping. If you guys have not already listened to the audio book of Cut That Grass, Make That Cash or Best Business Practices for Landscapers, not only is it available in paperback and a hardcover and ebook, but also there's the audio book uh, experience for you. And then we uh, also have our brand new goal tracker and journal available now. It's called The Diligent Shall Prosper. And there's a space each day to write down what you're thankful for, uh, a spot to journal. And then of course, the, the mean potatoes of the uh, goal tracker and journal is writing down specific goals each day. So we'll guide you through uh, writing down uh, your specific measurable goals each day. And friends, the thorough research shows if we write down our goals, we are more likely to accomplish them. And so you do that then for 90 days. There's more research about uh, what happens in 90 days when we stick to something with consistency. We can really experience some uh, big breakthroughs in our life and really gain traction and progress on what we're trying to accomplish. So we created the Diligent Shall Prosper Goal Tracker and Journal to help you do that. So best business practices for landscapers, cut that grass and make that cash. The Diligent Shall Prosper Goal Tracker and Journal, all available on Amazon and the audiobook versions of Cut That Grass, Make That Cash, Best Business Practices for Landscapers is, of course, on the Audible. So Mr. Producer will put those links in the show notes uh, to, to direct you to Audible, Amazon, and uh, hopefully uh, you will pick up a copy or two or if you want a, the audiobook experience that uh, you will enjoy that. So thanks for listening to today's program. Smash that follow button and uh, we hope you will catch us on the next episode. Thanks for listening. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.